0: And now for the review of the day got a five-star review from fit 1976 i get so much out of these podcasts i'm a new agent and this is a treasure trove of ideas pat has an amazing ability to draw down on the tactics that are used to be successful at real estate i look forward to these every time they come out my only feedback is pat please get a new microphone your intro is different in quality than the interviews sound wise but the content is so good I can't stop listening thank you keep the comments coming guys I love them and remember I eat feedback for breakfast so give me a one-star review if you want or a five-star review if you want I don't care and the more reviews we get the better guests we get so please subscribe first and then leave us a review or wherever you're listening Welcome, Rockstar Nation. Thanks for tuning into the State of the Market Podcast with your host, Pat Hyben and Kevin Kaufman. All right, Rockstar Nation, what is up? We have got the state of the market in real estate sales stuff for you on today's episode, I'm here with my co-host, Mr. Kevin Kaufman.
1: Kevin, what is going on? What's up, Pat? How you doing, buddy? Just having uh, having fun out here in Arizona in our nice, uh, crisp weather here this time of year. Yeah, I
0: rolled out to Maryland, and I'm in Maryland this, uh, for the summer, man. It got way too hot in South Carolina for the kids, so... uh I'm enjoying. It's still a little bit humid today, but, but much better at least. So so let's get on some news, boss. Uh, let's see what's going on. Tell me, tell me,
1: tell me. Yeah, man, let's hit it. So, uh, you know, I hate to keep bringing this up, but the, the fact of the matter is, it's uh, this is something that's not going away, is this lawsuit uh, that has been filed in regards to anti, anti-competition class action lawsuit against basically NAR, Realogy, KW, REMAX, Home Services of America... And I forget how many MLSs, hundreds of MLSs now, it essentially doubled. Uh, there's now more plaintiffs. They are starting to name more people. And uh, you know it, this is becoming a, a bigger and bigger deal. There's now more specific home buyers. It went from one, I'm sorry, home sellers, went from one home seller to there's like six more specific individual home sellers. They brought this thing into one big class action lawsuit and as you know, I already named the big companies are already named in it, not to mention the 500 plus MLSs. Dude, this, is, this isn't going away. This is, this is a so, real deal.
0: Yeah, I mean, so here's the thing, you know, you know I thought the same thing. I'm like, okay. And in and, and, and conversations you and I have had before, we said that this is how class action lawsuits work or don't work, basically. It's a snowball. It rolls down the hill. If a bunch of people jump on it, it keeps rolling down the hill and more money is getting thrown at it. And I, so here's also how it works because I have investments. I know this is going to sound strange, but I'm using this example. I have money, right, invested in the vaginal mesh lawsuit. Now, that, that sounds bizarre for me to even say that. But what that means is I put money into that. Probably three years ago, and and that money goes for television commercials, and then those television commercials get clients, and then the lawyers get uh, add to the lawsuit and get more people that have had whatever it is. I don't know what mesothelioma or. Or whatever you get, whatever happens, right? And then, and, and I know it's different things, but just keep going with me. And then, they make money off it. The lawyer gets their thirty-three percent and a third percent, and then they pay me back. And the return on what I get paid back is a lot, right? It's like it's it's about twenty percent. So they they pay me a lot. And then if it doesn't, and then uh, if it they don't pay me on time, then there's fees. Anyways, that's that's not the point. The point is that. This is a business, and as the snowball grows and grows and grows, more people are going to throw money at it to advertise it and make it public, and more people are going to lash on to it. And you no know, more snowflakes. And so, what has happened is six more people from all kinds of uh, different states. I noticed one dude, uh, Jack Ramey from Maryland, jumped on that, as well as, uh, and I just picked that up because I'm from Maryland. And, and, and so, these different people start adding on. And every time they add on, they don't have to refile the whole lawsuit again. They just do what they call an amendment, right? We all know what amendments are, but they, they, they're allowed to change and they're allowed to make it better. And a lot of times the lawyers read them and say, you know, like one of the lawyers read it and said, this is against, you know, REMAX international or whatever, REMAX holding. And then he said, well, we should also put in REMAX LLC or whatever, just little things, right? They make it stronger and stronger and bigger and bigger. One guy, you know, just did home services America, which actually owns long and foster. Then the next guy goes, including long and foster real estate, because of the guy in his lawsuit bought from Long and Foster. And then it goes, you know, whatever. And it just gets bigger and bigger and bigger. And and so anyway, so let's talk about the specifics. Why is this a big deal? And the reason that Kevin and I keep bringing this up is uh, we look at it, and we're like, man, this is kind of, we're beating a dead horse here. We've already talked about this six times, you know, is, is because we go on these websites, of these news websites, and there, there's hundreds of comments. So it's obviously that you guys are engaged in this, you agents listening, or else it wouldn't have so many comments compared to the, the other news articles that are out there. So go ahead. So tell, tell me what you thought about what's different now and, and, and why is this more of a concern now than it was the last time we talked about it?
1: So, you know, Pat, I think the, the reality is here, that it's it's a bigger deal because it's actually become a bigger deal, right? So you you nailed it on the you nailed it on the head, which is, you know, when it first gets going, maybe it has teeth, maybe it doesn't, but the more people that kind of jump into this, the more teeth it has. And what, what I mean by that is listen, if there's now six times the number of people complaints, now granted we're talking about one to six, but if there's now six times the complaint complainers, that's six times. That's that's six hundred percent, five hundred percent more people that the judge or the court needs to listen to and go, hey, okay, maybe, maybe there's something here. What they're screaming is antitrust, right? Which is which is obviously illegal in the United States. And so, you know, I think it's definitely it's up to to opinion, but there's a lot of folks who believe that we as we as as real estate professionals partake in. Stuff that should be, you know, that violates antitrust laws uh, because of our co-ops. And you and I have talked about this for multiple different times now uh, over the last six months or so that, you know, potentially decoupling the buyer-seller commissions would be one way to avoid a lot of what's going on in the real estate world. And this is attacking exactly that. This is going right out right after that. And it's got teeth. Whether we whether now whether it wins anything or changes anything, that still remains to be seen. However, today, you know, here we are, middle of June 2019. It's got more teeth than it did in May of 2019, right? We know that. And so the question is, is like the snowball analogy you use, do more people jump on? Just someone else go. Well, hey, you know what? I was wronged, and then someone else goes, "I was wrong. I mean, let us think about this. Pat, you sold a lot of houses in your career. I've sold a lot of houses in my career. Not every single one of my clients was happy, right? There's occasionally things happen. It can be an emotional time, you know. Especially you you went through a foreclosure. You went through probably a couple foreclosure cycles. I started out in the short sale world. I had people in rough personal situations. Not that I did anything wrong or harmed anybody. However, sometimes in a situation, people get mad. I I can think of a seller who didn't want to sell. He wanted to cancel and the buyer refused to cancel. And literally the guy was so mad at me, but I'm like, listen, I I can't make you do anything, but I can tell you right now, they can sue you in this state for specific performance. And he was, he was mad. I mean, so mad at us. Several times. Yeah. So, you think about all the times something like that happens, and this is you and I are just two guys, right? There's 35,000 other agents just in Phoenix.
0: No, think about all the times a, a, a house for 800 grand sold with a fat commission in a day, and the buyer actually was a relative of the seller. You know what I mean? And they're like, that was easy. I gave you the buyer, and you didn't do shit, and you made all this money, and you know, matter of fact, now that I know that I didn't have to pay that agent this percentage that I could have paid them, whatever I felt like it, and you didn't give me that opportunity, I'm suing, right? I'm joining, you know, all these other people. And, and, and see, it's like a social proof, right? It's when one guy comes out with the class action lawsuit, everybody's like, ah, I don't know, you know, that guy is putting himself out there for a couple of grand, right? And then the second guy joins, and then next thing you know, you get more and more, and then it becomes collective behavior. It's like, shit, well, a hundred people are in that lawsuit. They're all wanting to get you know, their, their commission back, six grand or five grand or whatever. I think I'll throw my hat in the ring, and then it becomes thousands, right? And then it becomes, hey, the lawyers, all you got to do is give us 33%, and we'll get you your full co-op commission back. And this is the reason why they just didn't complain in the lawsuit against NAR because I thought to myself, I said, why don't you just go after NAR? And I was thinking about this hard because it's the whole thing goes back to, to national association of realtors and their code of ethics, right? We'll get to that in a minute. The reason I think that they looped on all the real estate companies is because they wanted the companies not to be like, Oh, well that's NAR's problem. We didn't, you know what I mean? They, they, we weren't responsible. They said, no, you, everybody's going, everybody's responsible in this. And, well,
1: uh, and let's face it. If this comes down to a settlement, let, let's just say uh, not necessarily a ruling, but a settlement one way or the other, it's better to have, if you're the plaintiff, you better to have all these other parties who are going to be contributing to the settlement amount instead of just one. Ent- the more entities you can name lawfully in the suit, the more people who are potentially at fault, if you will, and will have to pay up. It, and could, so- re-shuffle the, it could reshuffle. If you take these, six,
0: these five companies, Realogy, right, which is basically Century 21, ERA, Caldwell Banker, Sotheby's, Corcoran, you know, and then you take Keller Williams, REMAX, then you take Home Services, which is Prudential, which Prudential is now Berkshire, Hathaway, Long & Foster, that sort of thing. Let's just take those four. It could reshuffle the deck. There could be one, one or two of these four or others that are named here that we're not even bringing up that are like, you know, we can't afford to pay back all these commissions or a percentage of all these commissions. So we'll let REMAX take us over for pennies on the dollar and pay our, pay our debt. I don't know. It'll be interesting. It'll be interesting. You could see a major reshuffling of, of these larger brokers should this happen. Now, let, let, let's talk about the specifics that are new or that, they, that the lawyers have hyper-focused on, on, this, on these new amendments. And one of them is Code of Ethics Standard 12-2. Do you know what that one is? I'm sure <laughs> you have your Code of
1: Ethics memo. Hold on. Let me get, let me get out my uh, cheat sheet on my phone real quick. No, I don't. Tell me. <laughs>
0: it, it says that as an agent, this is
1: coming from NAR, you're allowed
0: to tell the buyer... That your services are F-R-E-E, free. That there is no reason for the buyer to seek a reduction in commission because their services are free because they're paid by the seller. Now, you tell me, is that collusion to get the seller to overpay? I mean, could it be construed that NAR screwed over the seller and made them overpay by telling all the
1: realtors from all these companies that they're allowed to advertise the word free. I can make arguments on both sides of that. To be honest with you, I don't like the. I never like the word free. I never say free. I, I, you know, I've always said typically the seller pays, and in some cases, um, if my full, you know, my full fee isn't met by them, then, then in which case, I always had my my buyer sign agreement saying that they, that they would be the ones to pay it if the seller didn't. The truth is, Pat, I I can kind of agree with it. I mean. I, I see where they're coming from i don't I don't totally agree with it I don't think it's outright antitrust and that it puts sellers in a bad position. I do believe though that they certainly have a complaint there there there's an argument for that, although how strong it is eh, I don't know about that
0: yeah. I guess a jury will set, determine or,
1: yeah. uh, or
0: the, they'll settle out, like you said. I mean, I don't know where, where that goes to be. It, and it is a long time, too. It takes forever to run sure. through these. But this thing is rolling fast, I think, right? I mean, it seems to be growing faster than any lawsuit I can remember as a real estate agent. And I'm, I'm 32 years deep as a full-time licensed agent and proud member of NAR, right? Uh, I can't honestly say I've ever read the Code of Ethics, but I may have been told by brokerages, and I probably have been at five different brokerages over my career. All of them, I'm sure, probably gave me that sales pitch. Nope, commission paid by the seller. You don't pay a thing. You don't, you know, no reason for you to worry about that or negotiate that. And therefore, well, sellers paid more maybe than they had to have, because I might have done it for cheaper.
1: I don't Yeah. Know. You know, and we all have had to sit through the code of ethics uh, every few years, class, and um, sit <laughs> <laughs> awake and asleep. But yeah, I got you. Yeah. Well, slump, slump through it. We've had to slump, slump through it. Oh, God. God. Oh, man. Anyways, mo- moving on, moving on. Let's move on. All right. Something tells me that'll come back again later this year. Yeah. But hey, there's here's a company you and I talked about not too long ago, too. Redify launches their DIY flat fee listing platform. So essentially for less than 400 bucks, uh, sellers, uh, which is apparently the hot topic here now can get listings with, uh, 10 photos in the MLS, Zillow and realtor.com as well as a sign in their yard, contracts, addendums, disclosures, all that good stuff without even having an agent for less than 400 bucks. Uh, and they've now launched that DIY service in Florida and Texas. So, you know, that's, that's interesting. 379 bucks. Like what when you, when you hear that, Pat, what do you think? With your experience in real estate, um you've seen brokerages come and go. You've seen markets go up, go down. When I say when I say that to you, what, what what is your first thought?
0: Yeah, I don't know what's proprietary about it. I mean, it's been there forever. You 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 can you could have done that before them, right? Now I know I know they've been you know on in the news a lot cuz they're raising money from outside investors and I guess the I, I guess the thought is you know they're going to be more prominent people are going to know about them more and they'll do that through their website and search engine optimization and all that cuz they're going to spend t- uh shareholder money or stakeholder money on it you know on the surface is you know i mean it's always been like that right
1: that's what you know that's what oh, always companies like this i just i don't understand you know it goes on the story you know, I guess apparently for four ninety nine though instead of three seventy nine, so for one hundred and twenty bucks more, they can get all that I just mentioned plus text and live chat support and fifteen more pictures. But then they can also get for three thousand dollars. Now I'm like, okay, is this just help you sell reimagined? Yeah, it's help you sell, save six.
0: It's the same exact thing. The, here's the thing: I I I think their business model is flawed because basically what they're trying to do is they're just trying to be a hybrid of a traditional brokerage, and a discount brokerage. And, and by that, I mean the majority of their revenue is not, I don't believe they're anticipating majority of their revenue coming from the 370 bucks. The majority of the revenue is coming from the co-op commissions that their agents, and, and if you look into it, they're. They're all over like indeed.com and, and, and those websites trying to recruit agents that their agents are going to, as all agents do, you know, get internet leads, buyers not interested in this one, flip them and sell them something else, make a large commission on the something else. And so it's a hybrid, right? Because they have buyer agents. I think if they truly wanted to zig when everyone else is zagging, they wouldn't work buyers at all they would be uh, and there's other companies like this it would be just like uh, you know no we don't work buyers you know what i mean all we do is all we do is list it and put it out there because there wouldn't be a kind of like this internal business conflict of interest and and, and by that i mean like i asked them i went online and i said do i as a home seller control the co-op commission and they said, "Yes, you do, but we strongly recommend that you price it here." And so, the reason that they strongly recommend that you do a, a a significant co-op is because they want their agents to make money, so they could profit, you know, off the co-op commissions, and they don't want to stigmatize themselves. As like anytime you see a Redify listing as an agent, you gotta go, oh damn. You know, you know, you wanna you wanna create a neuroassociation of positivity with the Redify listing amongst the agent community. So they go, Okay, I'll show that just like whatever. I might have to do a little extra work because the agent doesn't know what they're doing as much or whatever, but you're still gonna get paid. If they if they really gave the the seller control of the co-op commission, you started having these, you know, all kinds of crazy co-op commissions, different co-op commissions. It would be a, it would be a, I think a a much more decisive business model. Let's just say you're either in or you're out, right? These, these companies that try to do both traditional and discount, they don't work, you know,
1: one or the other. I I totally agree. And that's where it lost. That's where they lost me. You know, as soon as they go and, Hey, we strongly recommend you basically pay the average, co broke I'm going. Okay, so, so you're not really a discount brokerage. You kind of are, but you you want to play both sides. To me, it it just doesn't work. You have to decide who you are and be and be that person. You know, or be that company in in this case. When you, when you try to be something to everyone, you're something to no one, mm-hmm. right? And and the reality is, it's like it's pick a side. I, I just I don't get it. I don't, I don't I'm not seeing the value here. I understand the flat rate, the the discounted commission model. I really do. There's there's a place for that. I don't understand where these guys are different. And, you know, they're raising money. I just read an article came out a few weeks ago where they just raised like, or they were attempting to raise like another six million bucks at essentially uh, two fifty to three bucks a share. And I, I just don't understand why I'm not I'm not why would somebody give you their money at this point? You don't have anything proprietary. I, I don't. I don't see what's special about this one versus help you sell and you know all the others.
0: Yeah, no, you're right. You're right. No. Maybe, maybe, maybe it's virtual. Maybe it's. I think it's more in your face online. But you know, it's uh, no one's ever really been able to brand themselves. I mean, you threw out two brands, right? But it seems like those brands, Save Six and Help You Sell, and all that, they, they we remember them, but we remember them for portions, right? They don't stick around, so. Maybe they're trying to be the brand that sticks around for discount commissions. I don't know.
1: Yeah, they, well, they never they, become they never become the KW or the Remax or the yeah. HomeSmart or anything like that.
0: Well, people are investing them just because they want to bet on the don't come line, you know, the don't pat, do not pass, because they want to, you know, they want to do a they want to do a, a, a bet like a short, right, a big. Yep. short. So that's probably why they get their investors, the people that're hoping money on the short. True.
1: You know, moving on, speaking of other changes and stuff going on in the industry, this one jumped out of both of us, you know, OpCity, the real estate lead gen platform now owned by uh, News Corp, which, you know, Realtor.com, which who owns and moves Realtor.com and Move Inc. They're opening up a new hub in Austin, uh, tech hub. So something like housing 200 plus employees to serve as like product and engineering, so, you know, to continue with their model of matching buyers and sellers and real estate agents in kind of real time, and especially now with this, like, this uh, commission model or referral, I, I should say referral-based model that they're working on, um, this is interesting, man. They're, they're, they're going all in on this, it looks like. Yeah,
0: it's, it is interesting. You know, they're adding more space. they already got 600 employees down there in Austin. They're adding more space. And for two hundred more employees, I think, or two hundred em- employees, they're calling it like they're where their tech center is going to be. It's interesting that they're, you know, that you see these companies growing, right? Like a lot of people you would talk to say, "Hey, are we in the ninth inning of the real estate game?" And uh, these companies like Op City are like, "No way, man! We got a we got a good, we we got a lot of run left. We're going all in on it." Well, but what what concerns me is. What if, you know, what we're talking about is true. What if the commissions are decoupled and the commissions shrink? Op City's whole deal is they take a third of the commission, right? So yeah. their whole deal is you, you pay us to follow up on the lead for you, mainly the realtor.com lead, and you give us a portion of your commission. Well, if the commission drastically seeks, shrinks, and people are going to be paying attention to that a lot more. The agents right
1: now, the agents are like, cool, you give me a hot lead, I'll gladly pay you a third. Well, I know this, uh, you know, and this just sort of came to me. I know of News Corp, which is a rather large, rather large organization, spent all the money they spent to buy Realtor.com and Move Inc. They obviously just now spent another couple hundred million to buy OpCity. They're going to spend more money here on this new uh, tech hub in Austin, which is obviously one of the tech hubs in the, in the country. This tells me that they're going, you know, to kind of circle back around to the first story we talked about, this tells me they're kind of on our side, if you will, as realtors. and Absolutely. they're they, they don't want things to change. And if so if anything I take away from this story, Pat, I'm going, Cool. I've got a behemoth on my side. At least he's also going to go to battle with us. Yeah,
0: they would fight it because it affects them. You know, right? If you if if buyer agents have to start negotiating with the buyer, what their fee is, and these guys get a percentage of said fee, right? Mm. They're going to do all this work, right? Follow up for six months, twelve months, get a buyer lead, give it to an agent. Then the agent's going to call them back and be like, "Look, good news, bad news. I sold them a house." bad news, I only got this much money for the co-op. And they're going to be like, wait a minute, we followed up on that lead for two years, and this is all you're paying us back? Where now they could think, at least in their mind, hey, if the co-op commissions stay, you know, as the average has uh, in the past 12 months, this is how much profit we can get. Let's buy this company, or let's lease this space for 10 years. This, you know... It's based in downtown Austin they can make decisions based on that
1: but all bets are off if, if, and if anything changes with that yeah so I mean worst case scenario I'm thinking cool I got so I got another heavy hitter on our side of the our side of the battle if you will uh, so I'm thinking that for sure and then you know I'm going okay there I mean the we first talked about them them being realtorcom moving to this referral, you know, main strategy, if you will, as opposed to where they used to just sell leads at a subscription rate, you know, Op City has been all about the referral. And it seems to me like Realtor.com and Move Inc. and, and all of what they do is, is obviously going that direction. And so, I mean, for the people who are customers of OpCity, City, if you will, uh, and Realtor.com, it's going to get more pricey. And you know, it's just part of our cheese, if you will, being moved around in our industry. And I think that for a lot of folks, it's just continuing to make the decision daily, weekly, monthly. Am I still going to work with the, with the op City referrals? Am I going to still work with realtor.com? You know, we've also talked about Zillow's probably going this way as well, because uh, it makes the most sense because it makes the most money for them. Uh, if they can pull this off and, uh, you know, I, I think it's just—it's just sort of interesting to me the way these uh, companies, both on both sides of that battle, if you will, are are sort of operating in our space. Brilliant. Yep, I agree.
0: All right, cool. Well, I think that's it for the news, man.
1: Yeah, man, that's it uh, this week, and I'm sure I'm sure we'll be back next week with some more exciting news. I'll be keeping my eye on the uh, lawsuit, that's for sure, and some of this other stuff going on, and maybe somebody at Redify can uh, reach out to us and explain to us what the hell makes them different. Cause I'm still lost uh, thinking about that and uh, you know, and how they're raising money, but uh, you know, interesting uh, stuff going on for sure. The times, the times they are changing Pat.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And, and I guess if you really had to think about, it, I mean, what makes anything different, right? Like I read this article the other day on vodka and they were saying uh, vodka smells the same and tastes the same. And, and the, only, <laughs> the, the, the only reason you choose one vodka or another is marketing, right? So what makes this vodka better than this vodka, better than this vodka? It, it, and so it was an interesting article. So I never really thought about it, but I think the same is true here. Maybe they're just saying, we know this has been around forever. There's nothing new and proprietary about it, but we're going to be the vodka that you remember, right we're going to be the great goose because we got a lot of money and we're going to spend a ton on marketing so that you know people know for discount brokers they they go to redify you want a good vodka, you go to gray goose, you know what I mean it's yeah all, it's all marketing hundred percent marketing
1: yeah absolutely that's uh, that's kind of what i'm uh, what I'm curious about too and I guess time time will tell right nothing else nothing. i mean time time tells everything we just got we may have to just sit back and wait and watch and see it develop it but it'll be interesting for sure cool man all right
0: buddy have a great one i'll talk to you next week
1: all right see you later see you later rockstar nation next level agents we'll uh, talk to you next week
0: thanks for tuning into the state of the market podcast with your host pat hyben and kevin kaufman All right, thank you for listening to State of the Market A, creation of real estate rock stars. Hey, everybody, if you want to comment on what you just heard, the best place to comment for whatever reason, culturally, it appears the best place to comment is YouTube. Yeah, just go to YouTube and type in real estate rock stars radio, and you could comment right there. No holds barred.